1: I think I am the one that y'all are looking for, because I know that y'all are glad to have me here on an extra hour every night of the week, 6 to 8 p.m. Andrea Kay here. Dynamite in address. if you're new to me and the show. I'm called that because I like to bust through the hype, the hyperbole, and the hypocrisy every night of the week. And I like to do it with friends like mine that are just coming up here in a moment. My buddy Brian Maloney from Red Wave America. He's going to be here to talk about the all this stuff happening with Elon Musk and Twitter, as only Brian can. Then we got to share with y'all a crazy story coming out of California. Y'all may not, y'all may think it's a good story about California after the break. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. Before I bring in my buddy, Brian Maloney, I got to go to my numero uno buddy, my sidekick here every night of the week. It's DJ Potato Skins. And the message said, DJ DJ
2: Potato Skins. DJ Potato Skins. And uh, my message is, let's get to Brian Maloney because I always love it when this guy's on the show.
1: Well, I do too, but before we bring him up, my buddy, before we bring in my spicy fried chicken, y'all know he's my comfort food. Now I'm hungry. I, I know, I gotta make sure y'all know how to get it, be a part of the show because there's lots of different ways that you can, and not even just while we're live, which is 888-344-1170. Stay tuned and I'll give you guys the 24-hour day, seven days a week hotline. Of course, we start, we have a new Twitter account, speaking of Twitter, it's at AKShowSanDiego, and you can give us topic ideas i'm hearing from y'all about guest suggestions and what you love about the show which is, includes my buddy brian maloney and more love to hear from you guys all right all that being said i got to bring in the man who's who just must be blushing with all this love we're giving him <laughs> it's brian maloney from red wave america hey my dear
0: oh yes and all this talk about what donuts and <laughs> chickens and and, and fried chicken—you I mean, need a sponsor, you know, a restaurant with a drive-through window. Um, seriously, because we're hungry listening to you, <laughs> <show. laughs> even if we've had dinner, you know, we're still hungry. So.
1: <laughs> I actually bought a really huge cake. In I made for my GM here. I, I, I he's he's who I I can't make a whole cake a, a, and eat it by myself at home as much is I do love my comfort food. So I have a family here where they're like my guinea pigs, my taste testers. And so um, I brought in an, an Italian chocolate love cake for my GM tonight. So I can't wait to hear the reviews on that. But enough about food. Let's talk what's going on with Twitter. I mean, it has gone crazy today with Elon Musk. Let me set the stage for you, Brian Maloney, so you can know what I was sharing before. When he bought and became the largest shareholder for Twitter at 9.2%, largest shareholder, all the conservatives were like, this is it. Everything's going to be golden on Twitter now. Trump's going to come back to Twitter. Marjorie Taylor Greene, everybody who's been banned from Twitter is going to get... Their their accounts restored, rainbows and unicorns. That hasn't happened, has it?
0: No. And so the thing is that I have a connection to this story because I've been part of a group that has been investigating Elon Musk for years. And what I can tell you, this is the, let me tell you what this is. This is the latest, you know, we had in 2020, we had Linwood was going to save us, you know, Mm -hmm. Sidney Powell was going to save us. Joe Rogan was going to save us. I'm probably missing like five, you know, false idols in between. Um, and now this week, the flavor of the week is Elon Musk is going to save us. And my, what I'm screaming at people every day is look, we are not going to be saved by a false idol that everybody jumps in and starts worshiping, which is wrong on every level. Um, and, and stupid foolish on every, you know, I mean, So people are, oh, look, look, Elon's going to bring free speech back to Twitter. Mm -hmm. Well, we've had more account suspensions in the last week. Juanita Broderick knocked off of there for the first time. Yeah, Uh, We had other major accounts knocked off of there. Conservatives who had never been knocked off before. So, you know, there's so much to unpack on this story. But every single day, I've got these supposed conservative thought leaders who we, we're just being misled. We don't really have good leaders right now, Andrea. And that's our problem. We don't have good leaders. We've got people who are posers, who mm-hmm. are fakes, uh, who claim to be conservative, but are grifters. And so they're on their screen every day. Elon, go Elon, take over Twitter, take over Twitter. We're all going to be saved. His purchase of Twitter, he, first of all, Elon's a drug addict. Okay. I mean, that, that isn't even something he would deny if you asked him to his face. Um, and, the, you know, you can go through news articles, you can see his past drug use, his current drug use, not even in question.
1: Well, I mean, um, he, he is, talked about it on, before you start adding yeah. me, he smoked, you know, pot with Joe Rogan. I mean, I yeah. think he's been fairly open about his drug use.
0: Well, and just a, a one weekend to go. So just not this last weekend, the weekend before, he spent the weekend at Underground, very Things we're not going to mention on the radio clubs in Berlin, uh, and one of the most high-profile, nastiest evil clubs there wouldn't let him in, and that became a news story in Mm -hmm. Berlin. These things are verifiable with news stories. So people are being fooled again, Uh, and this is what's frustrating to me. Why do we keep jumping from one savior to the next when at the end of the day, this is my message, Andrea. We have to save ourselves. We've got to get out there and work. And the thing that bothered me about this the most was that for years we've been told, you know, conservatives, you're going to have to go out and start your own platform. Stop relying on Silicon Valley. They're not your friends. They're going to kick you off every time. So what do we do? Donald Trump, his family, uh, they they pull together. They get. Conservative individual donors, uh, investors I should say, uh, invest billions of dollars in a new platform for Trump. Truth Social, Billions, I mean market cap, uh, three billion as recently as about two weeks ago. Uh, it's publicly traded, the ticker symbol is DWAC, Digital World Acquisition Corp, it'll be changed to Truth Social soon. Um, there's a reason why it has that name temporarily, it's too, too long to explain on the radio, but the bottom line here is, Nobody asked Trump if he wanted to return to Twitter. Nobody asked him. And this is the the thing I keep throwing at people on Twitter is, hey, have you noticed that Donald Trump has not commented on Elon Musk buying 9% of Twitter? Have you noticed that uh, Trump Jr. has not commented on this either? They haven't said one word. Have you noticed that Trump hasn't asked to return? So, what is going on here with these people who think, oh, yeah, Trump's going to be coming back? He doesn't want to come back. No. He wants everybody to follow him to Truth Social, which they've just spent a year building and <laughs> billions of dollars.
1: Right. Not so only how that. Is this fair? Right. Well, not only that, but, it, you know. Um, A couple of points. You're right. I mean, you know, it's the easy way out to think that somebody on a white horse is going to come in. It reminds me of what Dr. Atlas said about COVID when he said that the the tyranny will stop when we make it stop, that nobody on a white horse is going to come in and save you. We've become as conservatives so lazy that we don't want to do the work ourselves. We want to think that somebody's going to solve it. You know, um, I can't get on Truth Social because I've got an Android, but I don't understand why anybody with an iPhone, uh, especially a blue check is still on Twitter. I, I have been stuck at the same Twitter followers now for three years. I'm not adding one additional. I'm so, di- I'm so down platform, throttled down on Facebook. The only reason why- oh, we see- all are. Yeah, we all yeah. are. It's crazy. I, I can't wait to get on True Social- um, that's really what everybody needs to do instead of you know a- acting as though Elon Musk is our savior how about you go and look and, and, and act as though Trump might be the savior of free speech by going and getting on onto truth social I don't know why they didn't why they launched only on iPhones instead of Android I think that that because was a mistake
0: I can well I can tell you why this is a common misconception about truth social the bottom line is they decided to release it early in beta testing mode because they were in such a rush to get it to market because there was such an urgency about Silicon Valley censorship that the Trumps decided we're just going to release this to beta test. You know, so you're, you're testing it on a trial basis, but they only had it ready on the Apple side first. They didn't have it ready on the Android side yet. So they just started letting people in. everybody else got on a waiting list. But then people started to say, well, wait a second here. You know, Why is the thing so half-baked? Why can't we get on or whatever? It's because they chose to let Some people on early, rather than let no one in at all and have everyone saying where's Truth Social.
1: That's true. I think that they could have just managed the communications on that a little bit better. Um, What I do think, and one of the reasons why I've been frustrated for a while with conservatives, you know, um, you know, staying on. You know, I've got lots of friends of mine that are blue checks that are over on Twitter, and they're never going to leave Twitter. And the reality is, as Sean Davis from the Federalist said, yeah, I've still got four hundred thousand followers on Twitter but I've got almost no engagement versus over on tr- Truth Social. Right. And yeah, it may be an echo chamber, but are we really going to, are we really going to get to, if you've got some far left person in your family who calls themselves a biromantic whatever. Are you really going to bring them over to MAGA? I doubt it. Uh, you know What we really need to be doing, I don't have a problem with that on an echo chamber, because what we really need to be doing is mo- is is motivating to action those that share our belief system to actually get out there and do something, and I think that's the way to do it. I, there was a report that came out today on Twitter that one of the things Elon Musk said over the weekend was, is Twitter dying because you've got all these people with all these followers that are never posting anything. Some There was some outfit out of Boston that did, did, did a, a deep dive and found that at least 45% of all the content being pushed out pro shots and pro COVID were from bots.
0: Yeah, so it's, well, it is full of bots, but let me tell you also about your blue check mark friends and why they don't want to move to Truth Social. Here's the dirty little secret they don't want to tell you, and this is why they're touting Musk as a savior and wanting to prop up Twitter, even though they're conservative. None of them want to have to do the work and take the risk of going to a new platform and having to start over at zero And build that 400,000 follower thing all over again and have to compete with newbies that come in. New people could be, uh, could come in and gain a large following very quickly. So they don't want to lose their position on top of the, uh, you know, pecking order that they have on the conservative side of Twitter. But the problem is every single day the conservative side of Twitter shrinks. Because we're arbitrarily kicked off or yeah. we're you know, defrottled, whatever they do to us. Yeah. So that's the thing. That's why these people aren't really on the level with you. They know that when they go to true social they're gonna start their count like you and me and anyone else. And maybe some, you know, young up and comers come in there and knock them off their pedestals.
1: Everybody's worried about maintaining their own little fiefdom, their own little piece of power instead of doing what's right for this country. They're just like so many of those blue checks are are basically just like elected officials. They're like rhinos in the establishment, right? That are just going along to get along. And, you know, that's the way it is. Quickly before I go, um, you know, I want to get your thought on the fact that Trump got into some hot water this weekend because he endorsed Dr. Oz.
0: Yeah, yeah. Look, this whole Oz uh, thing, okay, this is a disaster. I'm sorry. I've seen people try to make excuses for it. Oz is not conservative, and they're saying, well, the other ones in the primary aren't either. Well, then make no endorsement. That's number one, right. okay? The other thing here is that Trump still has the same hangers on around him who had his ear, who should have been fired after 2020, the same people. Uh, we've got to, you know, if there is a Trump in the future and I don't know if there is right now, I think it's moving toward DeSantis pretty fast because I think Trump's making mistakes. He keeps talking about the vaccines at every can, you know, every stop, stop talking about vaccines, stop talking about odds and all this silly stuff and get back to the focus. Uh, and he needs somebody in his inner circle who can say no to him and say, no, stay on focus, stay on focus. You want to be president again? focus inflation gas prices misery crime uh the world's a mess under biden stick to what matters well stick to
1: right stick to maga stick to america first there is absolutely not one conservative that supports Dr. Oz because Dr. Oz no. was so far up Fauci's hiney, it wasn't even funny. Fal- Dr. Oz is not pro-life. There's nothing, uh, he has, there's been absolutely nothing about Dr. Oz that is anything, but quite frankly, far left, who is kind of like yeah. a carpetbagger in Pennsylvania now. And the, and the weight of the Senate and the majority of the Senate is at stake. I got to leave it there. Brian Maloney, Red Wave America. Thank you for being here, my thank dear. Thank you. All right. Now y'all stay tuned because coming up, we're going to shift gears uh what do y'all think about a 32-hour work week does that sound good to y'all be careful what you wish for we're going to talk about that when we come back 888-344-1170 this is the andrea K. show on the answer am 1170 the answer san diego
2: news politics and current events it's the andrea K. show on the answer san diego
1: Welcome back to the Andrea Kay Show, 888 344 1170. We got a 24 hour contact number for you guys, comment line. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I know we got some night owls out there, we got some early morning folks, people that want to weigh in. I would love to hear your topic ideas, um, guest ideas, anything you want to say on any of the topics of the day. 844 814 5227. Um, coming up, we've actually got somebody who did reach out to us. It's a local gal named Ramana who's kind of living a nightmare in regards to shot mandates with her kid in schools here. So she wanted to share her story. So you're going to want to stay tuned to hear Ramana coming up after the break. Here's a, here's a story that, that hit us today here in, in California that's being proposed. And it's AB. Uh, the the bill is Assembly Bill twenty nine thirty two. And what it would do is it would officially shorten the work week from forty hours to thirty two hours for companies with more than five hundred employees. Here's how it would work: a workday is still eight hours, but you it would require overtime pay for employees who work longer than thirty two hours or four full days. A week, And this is the kind of thing the idea behind it is, of course, this is, you know, based upon the great idea of the, you know, socialist Scandinavia, right? The person behind the bill says other countries have explored the idea of a shorter work week, 35 to 36, um, shorter work week and studies show it was an overwhelming success. Um, The person behind the bill also said Japan, known for its long hours, unveiled plans last month to recommend companies permit their staff to work four-day weeks as part of the government's effort to improve work-life balance. Um, It sounds really great, Skins, um, but you had a problem with it.
2: I do because you have a lot of people, especially on, after the heels of the pandemic, and there's just a lot of workaholics that like working really hard. And they're, you know, after you know the last two years, now inflation's getting worse. They're barely making it by. But yeah, what you're going to do, especially if you're not a salaried employee, is you're going to take eight hours from said employee. And now they might not be able to make ends meet because Mm -hmm. you think they just need to live life a little bit more. Like, that's communism. You don't tell me what to do or someone what to do with their work life. And now they're still going to be working because they're going to go out and get another job to make, you know, that extra money that they're going to still need.
1: Right. I, I mean, it sounds really great, but it's only great if you're a salaried person exactly. who's getting a reduction in hours. The average person in California, I don't know the stats, but the average worker in California is not salar- salary; they're hourly. So basically what you've done is you've reduced, they think, and you guys tell us what you think. I mean, do you like this idea? Does it, um, if you're salaried, do you like the idea of going down to four days a week because now you got time to be with your kids, or maybe you've got time to pursue a dream job, a hey, dream, or maybe... Maybe or, it's or, going to have a or, different well, effect I want, on the I,
2: salaried employees than the hourly. Right, employees. but I want to. I want a different response.
1: Right, but I, I. My question for the listeners is: What do you guys think? If your salary does it give you extra time to maybe go pursue a dream? um take care of your kids if you're hourly does this then you know cause you panic because you're not going to you know be able to work as many hours and now you're going to have to like skin said get a second job or a side hustle to make ends meet how does how do you think this is going to affect you 888344 1170. Of course, you know, this is what Dems do, 888-344-1170. They they get in a mess and smear and and through control, they want to control lives. They want to change the culture of this country by seizing control over corporations. And so if this is such a great idea, California, you know, assembly person who put this bill forward? Why only businesses with 500 or more employees? Why wouldn't this be a good thing for a company that's got 200 employees or 250? Why wouldn't this be good for a company that's got 50 employees?
2: Well, and this seems to go back to what you and I are always talking about, Andrea. If I think I'm overworked, don't you think I would want to either go to my boss or go to another company where I work less hours, and make that individual choice instead of having somebody in government tell me what to do?
1: Right. I mean, they're they're basically trying to. I, I mean, they're trying to act as though this would be good for you, hourly workers, because they're going to move you down to 32 hours, and anything over that is overtime. Therefore, you know, kind of basically just assuming that everybody's. on- on an hourly is now going to get extra money, but that's not the way it works in corporate America.
2: We have Jeff from San Marcos has got a comment on it.
1: Oh, okay. Well, hey, Jeff from San Marcos. Welcome to the Andrea K. Show. What say you?
0: Yeah, hi. So, uh, yeah, just, you know what? I work, um, and I work hourly, like you just said, for San Diego, and everything's going off, but a lot of companies are cutting, trying to cut overtime because of all the, you know, The costs of doing business. So yeah, this 32 hour thing would totally kill and hurt a lot of families for sure.
1: Well, yeah, especially at a time where it's seven dollars a gallon of gas, where you know prices for everything are going up because as gas prices go up, that means the because that's how stuff gets transported around. So that means the cost. I was at the grocery store this weekend, Jeff. I was dying. I couldn't believe the prices of some stuff. I may never be able to buy bacon again. I mean, it's it's insane. Um, and right, and, I right. li- and I live alone. I can't imagine a family right now. So this is just, you know, Democrats always come up with this crap under the guise of trying to help people. They end up messing over the, you right. know, the low income or minority people that they pretend that they care about. And, you know, right. it, where, where did this come from anyway? Where well, this, this this was where? reported by Fox five. New York. dot com. So this is this is a legit this is a legit news outlet that reported this today. No, right. It's Assembly Bill twenty nine thirty two. So you know I mean, why would this why would this assembly person or whoever even consider this? Because this is, well, because the Democrats for years have been telling us we need to go to all the different ways of the great socialist Scandinavia, where they've got guaranteed (laughs) universal income, free college, free this, free that. They've got six weeks of vacation over in France every year. Your company should be giving you six weeks of vacation. So true, it's, true, true. it's, true. they're trying to, they're trying yeah. to socialize every aspect yeah. of our country. Yeah. And Andrea,
2: people should call assembly members, Christina Garcia and Evan Lowe, both Democrats and both were the ones that introduced yeah. the bill.
1: Yeah. You oh, need to speak Chris, out against it. Uh, what was that name again? What
2: Christina, that name? Andrea,
1: what?
2: Christina Garcia oh, Christina. and Evan Lowe. Yeah.
1: And then Evan Lowe. Okay, yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll we'll put those numbers yeah. out there. Jeff, thank you for okay, calling geez. in.
0: Yeah. I just want to let you know, yeah, that would affect a lot of people. I've, you know, and every the rent, I just got a rent increase last week. Yeah. And, yeah, if they want to just bring us down, I mean, everyone in my, where I work for, lives on overtime. But the mm-hmm. overtime is already being cut. If you put people down at 32 hours, uh, there's no way you can live in San Diego. No, hours, no,
1: not no when thing. an average one-bedroom right. apartment is $2,500. No, no Jeff, thanks. Thanks, thanks for calling in. For uh, yeah um, this is this is a disaster this is kind of like when Lorena Gonzalez here in San Diego decided those poor uber drivers getting to decide how often they worked and when they worked and uh, the independent instead of being employees those poor people deciding for themselves where they go and when they go and how they do their job using their own car we've got to rescue them from themselves and make and get rid of any independent contractors and make everybody an employee and now who can afford to take an uber who did that end up hurting the uber drivers they weren't helped in the long run this is and it's the same thing here
2: and you might andrea honestly see people that say i don't want to get another job for one you know two days a week and again what's that going to to do affect the california economy more reasons to move to other states
1: well and you know and if you want to call in like jeff and tell us if you like this idea because there's some people may like it 888-344-1170 if you like the idea of a 32-hour week Um, there's some people, if you're on salary, it may be a great thing for you, you know, and I will tell you that when I worked at Xerox corporation, they intentionally scheduled a lot of meetings for us. And they did that on purpose because it forced us to have to manage our time better. And when they when they overscheduled us with meetings, they found out sales productivity went up because it did force us kind of like when I was in college. My grades went up when I got a job because I couldn't mess around. I couldn't put off studying for that exam to the next week because I had to work. And so so that's part of the idea behind this, too, is that it actually improves productivity because it narrows instead of people hanging around the water cooler and chatting, And it forces people to get the work done in a a narrow time frame. But I think that that only works if you're dealing with salary people at a higher level, not your hourly worker. That this doesn't apply. And it's so typical of Democrats being elites. Trying to use you know some socialist philosophy and throw it out there and with it and by people that have probably never worked an hourly job, no, right? This is gonna,
2: and this is going to cost people hundreds and hundreds of dollars per paycheck that they can't afford to give up,
1: right? And 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 how many people magically have of these jobs happen to have some skill that they can then use just quickly and easily to go get a side hustle to make up for the hours that they've lost? It doesn't magically happen that way,
2: and that's why I said if people are outraged at this, I mean, if you like it. Great! If you don't call those people, call Evan Lowe and Christina Garcia. Tell them this is not going to work.
1: No, Um, you know, I I, it it, it's it's a horrible idea. Just like it was a horrible, in in my opinion. I get the idea. Like I said about like at Xerox, it can improve productivity in certain types of jobs, but you know this. The Democrats always do this ham handed. We're going to apply this philosophical socialist concept on everybody, regardless of the negative impact, because ultimately it's about a couple of things. It's about changing the culture. They want people to be forced to live on less to work. They want people to the American culture to be less about work ethic and ambition, more about government dependency And that's a key aspect of it, as well as the fact that they cannot stop themselves. They have to be constantly trying to to control the means of production, and they're constantly looking for ways in which they can control corporations all day long. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to bring in a local gal, Ramana, who contacted us. She wanted to share desperately her horrible story, what's going on with her daughter and the school system with shot mandates. We're going to talk to her next 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. If you want to give us a call about the 32-hour work week or anything else, this is the Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer, San Diego.
2: Andrea Kay, the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer, San Diego.
1: Welcome back to the Andrea K Show. 888-344-1170. Disney hasn't gone away. Neither has their, their uh, wokeness. We're going to be uh, giving you an update on Disney after the next break. But first, we want to share with you a, a story about a local mom having her parental rights taken away from her regarding mm. shots. And it's this is not just happening with COVID. The COVID shot mandates have also morphed into the denial of parental rights in regards to other vaccines. And local mom Ramana Pervin Douglas is here to tell her story. Hi, Ramana. Thank you for being on the Andrea K Show.
3: Hi, Andrea. Good evening. Thank you so much for uh, having me on so I can explain to others what is happening in our state and the tyranny that we live under it 's here and it 's real, yes,
1: yeah, and it involves your daughter ava and it's and it 's a, a lengthy story let me Let me see if I can start from the fact that she actually was given permanent exemptions to some shots in two thousand and seventeen. And now she's there's a new system involved, and they're denying her exemptions and, and trying to force you to get her shots. And in the in the in the course of all this, she's been out of school for four weeks. Now it's the fifth week, Andrea, and it's it's absolutely astonishing
3: and heart stopping uh, the way that they've gone about it, the way that they've conducted themselves. Uh, that is PUSD, uh, Power Unified. And, uh my understanding is, of course, it's all coming from the state level and uh if I may just give a brief overview so yes. that um our, our listeners can understand. Several years ago, my daughter had uh, an adverse reaction to uh, her second polio shot. It was a neurological reaction, and I it was concerning enough that I sought to get a medical exemption for her because the other two exemptions were taken away by the tyrants in uh, in um, at the state level. Um, and so I got it. I was barely able to get it because at that point they were restricting doctors, but it wasn't as shameless as it is in openly denying us our rights. Uh, as it is now. So the doctor gave her a permanent one for um, a polio as well as MMR, because we had a, uh, a family history of that as well. So now fast forward, Andrea, to this uh, this year, I was stunned because several weeks ago, uh, we had come back from my father's funeral and my, and my daughter was already gone for a week. We came back and the school uh, called us and told us that she would have to be um, sent home. She's not allowed on the grounds. And I thought, my gosh, she's not full of disease. She's a healthy child. What's going on? Mm-hmm. They stated that uh, back in August, they didn't catch because they didn't have apparently health tech. And they saw that she didn't have um, her varicella, which is chicken pox vaccine, her second one. And I think the third hepatitis B. Um, so I said, well, Look, if it wasn't a problem, then we can work it out. It's already March. I don't want her to be sent home or lose any valuable time in school. Right. This is really—they elevated the issue to what it shouldn't have been—and um, they basically sent her home. And I said, "Well, let me see if I can get an exemption because I'm fearful that any one of these shots could trigger a reaction." And from what I saw, I didn't know if my daughter would be okay after the first uh, reaction several years ago, and I was—I didn't want to do it. So then I—I I felt as if they were trying to force my hand. They were denying her. A right to be have an education with her peers. They would not allow me to even bring her to school. She wasn't a threat since August. Why is she a threat now? And then I, I began asking questions. I said, "Wait, why do I have to get another exemption?" Then and I'm sorry. They stated to me as well that the exemption she had on file, because uh, this is their backward logic that the tyrants and uh, the communist, the Marxists have. They told me that even though the exemption is valid, because she's entering a new grade span, beginning in seventh grade, that that. Ex- exemption is viewed as uh, going to be um, invalid and expired. And I said, just a moment, how can anybody, how can any clinician that doesn't know us, that doesn't know our circumstances, never called me, make a decision and say, these are all going to be invalid and you need to seek out a new one. And I said, why would I seek out a new one when we've already established my daughter had a reaction, Mm -hmm. a doctor agreed with me and we we got her the exemption. Yeah. Excuse me for interrupting.
1: You know, no, that's okay. But I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around the fact that I'm not aware of any exemption they don't have it's not like a carton of milk they don't have an expiration right. date on it I mean nothing's changed in her body that you right. know it's not as though her risk to have a reaction is gone anywhere I mean this is just this just to me shows an evolution of how our mm-hmm. medical system has just gone so far um, to the, the area of tyranny that it, and, and mm-hmm. I'm glad you're telling the story tonight because we, we've been so focused on tyranny with the parents and gar- regarding transgenderism or the mask mandate but this is the first I've heard of how even other areas of of VAX mandates mm-hmm. where they've gone to, total, you know, totalitarian. So I'm shocked. Yes. So go, go on from there. Yes, yes. Thank you. Yes, I, I believe
3: they're prepping us to see how much nonsense we're going to tolerate. Yeah. And just they think they're going to we are going to stand by and let them dictate what the choices, medical choices, we're going to make for our children. Mm-hmm. And I told them I don't recognize your false authority over my children's uh, lives and our medical decisions. And I said, so you know what? I said I disagree. And I, I talked to the school. I spoke with the, with the uh, PUSD several times. They 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 nobody could answer my questions. But time is of the essence. They knew that my child was still home. We were taking her to work with us, trying, and she was, Andrea, she was so heartbroken. That Mm. was her life. That is their school identity, and it was hard to console her, and I I said, just put her in. It's the end of the school year. This is not a difficult situation, and then, uh, of course, no answer, no response. They just said, well, she needs to get this shot, this shot, and then uh, in seventh grade, so I tried, Andrea, for about two weeks calling different doctor's offices, telling them my story, pleading for some help and assistance. And the situation is they put the key on the doctors now and they're restricting the mm-hmm. number of medical exemptions that they can write, butting in our business because they already took away uh, religious exemption, personal belief exemption. The only one left, they have to now suffocate and remove it from us. So I said, listen, I'm not parenting with the state. I said, no clinician called me and said, hey, here's the situation. Then they claim that too many doctors were writing too many exemptions. And I said, if that's the truth, then they were the parents were forced to get asked doctors for medical exemptions because you remove two of our other rights to
1: protect right. our children. Absolutely. But how is there a quota? Yeah. I mean, how is there a maximum? You know, we got we're 330 million Americans in this country and you're going to mm-hmm. put a cap on how many exemptions a doctor can write? Yes, yes, because that's the only avenue they have, because they're trying to say that we still have rights, but it's a
3: veil. Right? They're veiling us. They're trying to put, oh, no, you still have freedoms. No, you don't, because I'm Mm -mm. trying to example that in my own country, I have to ask for permission to make a medical decision for my child. And I have valid, multiple valid reasons for wanting her not to, for not wanting her to
1: have any shot. And if you don't do it, then they're they're not just punishing you, they're punishing her.
3: Yeah, callously, callously. They didn't even answer. They would not allow her to go to the school dance. They would not allow her to finish uh, up even in a side classroom or an office to wow. take math tests. And I said, are you people reasonable? Do you see what you're doing? I said, does this, this me saying that I wanna protect my child's health and also I am not giving up my freedom to choose. It's not your business, it's not your child. You have no connection with her. Or responsibilities or consequences to suffer, I said. Is anybody going to sign a waiver? If she, God forbid, if I do go ahead proceed, uh, if, if she becomes injured, who's going to assume responsibility? and Stay home. Great with her? point. Said, Me. Yeah.
1: Are they willing yeah. to? Yeah. Are they willing to assume liability financially and legally? For nope. any adverse reactions? Of course not. So, no. you know, and, and this is just, this is another example of what we were talking about last hour of the show about how, you know, they're trying to beat the will out of us and, and our soul's yes. desire for freedom. So, it, how, where do, where does it stand now? And, and, uh, Uh, Now, Andrea, it's been so complicated
3: because it it was kind of left up in the air. And then I was told, well, she's been gone for so long. So now it's going to be an issue with attendance. I said, that is through no fault of our own. Why should we take, I said, this is really these legalistic games they're playing. I said, nobody still explained to me. And they would not allow us to uh, register her for the seventh grade because I said, I don't recognize that this this, uh, mandate is, I'm sorry, this uh, exemption is invalid. I am resubmitting it. And I say that it is valid because nobody can explain to me. Who's going to invalidate it? Nobody called me and I just stay out of my business. She child is not a threat to anybody. And most importantly, it's not their job to tell me what to do with my own flesh and blood. I can't even believe that they have the gall to do this and to punish her. They're punishing her. They're punishing me. They're putting the pressure on us. And now this is the fifth week. Um, we, we had to, I just pulled her out and she was, again, heartbroken. Oh, boy, and thanks. I just had to put her in an on, online, exclusively online program and she asked me, Mom, do you think maybe when this gets settled that I could go back, you know, tenth yeah. grade? And I said, "This is not the only way." And I said, "Your health is most important. I'm not going to bend over backwards and do their will, do whatever they want. When your health is in question, and our freedom to choose yeah. is in question." Well, I tell people- you,
1: this is what a lesson for your daughter. And she sounds like she's an amazing human being, amazing young woman for her age. Um, that she's she's handling yeah. this and she's coping in it. And one thing mm-hmm. that I know flashing back to when I was that age, you know, having a mom that's looking out for her, that loves her and is taking care of her, you know, is is something that she's going to carry with her the rest of her life. I'm sitting here pondering Mm -hmm. ideas to help you, and I have some, but I'm not going to share them on air. Okay. right now thank you so much yeah thank but, you but um I'm gonna if and, and if you listeners out there if you have an idea for Ramana you can uh contact us e- you know either um 5227 on our twenty four hour co- uh, comment line or you can also message us at aK show San Diego our new Twitter account where we're where we're receiving inbox messages so Ramana I'm gonna leave it there okay. and but but I'm gonna yeah. I've got some ideas that I will share with you um, that I'm gonna I'm gonna ponder and explore and then i'll be in touch i'm
3: very grateful thank you so very much
1: thank you for, for sharing everything. your story god bless you and your and your daughter ava you as well thank you thank bye you bye. speaking of uh, it's all about uh the battlefield is through the hearts and the minds of our children and we're going to continue that discussion surrounding disney when we come back 888-344-1170 this is the andrea k show on am 1170 the answer san diego
2: AK, dynamite and address, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, don't call her fake news. It's The Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego.
1: Welcome back to The Andrea K. Show. And you can call me anything you want, not really. But you can also call me anytime on our 24 hour line, 844 814 5227. We're wrapping up uh, tonight's show. Um, but uh, tomorrow night show, we've got Michael Schwartz is going to be here from uh, San Diego County gun owners, and I'm going to be asking him lots of questions about this uh, ban today by Joe Biden on the ghost guns and, and what's what is a ghost gun and what is this ban all about? And, it, you know, I, I can tell you without even doing any research on it, which I will before we bring in Michael Schwartz, that it's it's about what it's always about. They've got to get our guns from us. Because that they know the Second Amendment was about stopping an overreaching government. Anything that they can do to try to get at our Second Amendment rights, which are what shall not be infringed, they're going to go for. But uh, we're going to we're going to have the expert on all things guns and gun rights and Second Amendment, Michael Schwartz, here tomorrow night. But continuing on our discussion about the assault on parental rights, which uh, Governor DeSantis hit squarely on the head with his parental rights bill. Uh, Disney's who would have ever thought that a governor signing a bill to stop school teachers from talking about sex with fifth with five-year-olds would get this kind of reaction from Disney the most what was what for decades now I think Disneyland was built in the 50s who would have ever 50 59 was it was that when Disneyland Magic Kingdom was first well well, I believe
2: 1955
1: 1955 I mean think about that Many of y'all got great grandparents from that time. You know, this is insane that Disney had such a reaction to this, and they haven't backed off from it. I mean, it, evidently the hill that Disney wants to die on is they think it's okay for school teachers to be talking about sex with five-year-olds. In fact, uh, you know, Disney heir, whatever her name is, Abigail Disney. Abigail Disney had this to say today. Uh, let me just uh, ask you, Doctor does yep. that mean that?
2: I'm sorry, my finger slipped. Run clip. Here it is.
0: Oh, well, what I'm seeing happen is pretty coordinated, strategic plan unfolding, oh. and uh, Disney seems like the biggest target because it's so woven into families. Mm. And so, if you can create this idea that somebody's in there trying to indoctrinate your child, my goodness, the the paranoid imagination can run run. Run circles with that, yeah. And so I um, I understand why it's been selected in the strategic whatever strategic meeting they had um, for
1: what they would turn to next. Um, But this is absurd. First of all, you know, speaking of you know, um, I have no idea actually in some ways what she was trying to say because she's about as articulate as Kamala Harris, right? Or Ketanji Brown Jackson, who couldn't couldn't get a straight sentence out either in her nomination hearings um it, it, but you know it's basically calling everybody conspiracy theorist right the disney is trying to indoctrinate children of course they're trying to indoctrinate don't don't in the words of the great judge Judy don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining we all saw the videos of your top content executives in charge of content one of which said um, we're trying to queer what how did, well I probably should have had that clip pulled where she talked about injecting queerness and that's a quote injecting queerness everywhere that she could another executive talked about how at least 50% of all Disney characters needed to be lbgtqiA it's not a conspiracy it's not a conspiracy Abigail Disney that all of your employees had a big hissy fit because a governor decided to not have adults talking about sex with five-year-olds. What kind of pervert continues to target children like this? It's absolutely astounding. I don't know that I will ever set foot on another Disney Uh, You know, um, uh piece of ground again. I, I typically I'm a Disneyland girl anyway versus Disney World, but I don't know that I'll ever go to Disney World again. And speaking of Disney World in Florida, I'm hoping DeSantis makes good on his threat to look into repealing what was called the Reedy Creek improvement. What that's all about in a nutshell was in the 60s when Disney wanted to develop that area because it was so desolate. Florida was like, okay, you want to develop it, you go ahead, there's no infrastructure, we're going to let you do all of that, it's all on you, and we're even going to allow you to act as your own government. And of course, here we are. Does, is this a company that's so perverted, targeting little kids, that should be allowed to act as, it, as its own government? Oh, heck no. That should have never been cooked up in the first place. You want to give somebody a break on taxes because they're covering the infrastructure build out fine, but allow a corporation to be in charge of government acting as their own government. No wonder they're out of control with their power. It was some dad who was walking around. I'm not sure if it was Walt Disney World or Disneyland with a T-shirt on. It got a lot of – created a lot of commotion. It said Walt, not woke. Love it. I, I kind of love it, but then I'm also thinking you're still supporting Disney. See, I'm kind of, I'm, I, I, you know, really.
2: I mean, I get it. I mean, I'm having a hard time with this story myself.
1: Yeah, and that dude, he had a wife, I think, and three kids. How much did he pay, pay him for one day, right? So I, I don't know if I don't know if that t-shirt, you know, is really going to do anything. One of the comments that she made is. Um, whether or not gay is spoken, there will always be gay people. Well, of course there's going to be gay people. That's not the point. What DeSantis is doing and what we're all trying to do is have adults sexualizing children in the classroom. I hate that kind of phony, false narrative that's being pushed out. Right? Nobody's trying to deny that there's gay people out there. What we're trying to stop is child predators preying on children, the sexualizing of children in the classroom, and the indoctrination of children into transgender and queer lifestyle. And that's exactly why you're going there. Because you know that if you can convince children that a fat dude is traveling around the world on Christmas Eve delivering toys to billions of kids and get them to believe it, they'll believe in anything. And that's why you're going after them. Hey, thanks for being here. Thanks to my guests and my callers. We'll be back tomorrow night. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer, San Diego. Love you all.